When Disability Hits Home on this edition of Truth and Love. Johnson, and you're listening to Truth in Love, a podcast of the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors, where we seek to provide biblical solutions to the problems that people face. Today on the podcast, I am joined with Dr. Paul Touches. I'm so delighted getting to know Dr. Touches. I I remember, Paul, before I knew you well, that I always wondered, how do you say that guy's last name? I I was always curious, and I'm I'm grateful that I've I've sorted that out now. And it's been a delight, honestly, to get to know you, Paul, and to know some of your work. I appreciated a lot of what you had written even before we met personally. Paul is the senior pastor at Cornerstone Community in Mayfield Heights, Ohio. He's written several books, and today, actually, we're going to talk about your latest book, When Disability Hits Home, How God Magnifies His Grace in Our Weakness and Suffering. And Paul, you're in a very unique place to be able to talk about this subject and this most recent book with Shepherd Press, which I think is an outstanding volume, and I'm glad that you've contributed in this way. But you're in a unique position to to write a book like this with not just theological knowledge and pastoral experience, but also you've walked through this issue with with several members of your own family. And so I appreciate the, the candor with which you write, the honesty with which you describe, but the beauty of doctrine that you bring to bear on the, the image of God in man and helping us to understand that and to understand that well. And so I want you to talk about your newest book, this idea of when disability hits home. It's not written from some sort of high and lofty position, but the ups and downs of every single day. And I appreciate the way that you describe that on the ground level where doctrine meets life. And so help us to understand a little bit about that journey and how this book came about. Well, thanks, Dale. It's always an honor to be on the podcast with you. Well, disability has been part of our lives for over 30 years. So Karen and I have been on this journey for most of our married life. It started out with hearing impairment in one of our children over 30 years ago. And then later on, as more children came along, we saw this pattern of hearing impairment in several of our infants and then resulting in one of those four hearing impaired children also then being cognitively disabled and also being on the autism spectrum. And and she is now 17 years old and um, cognitively somewhere in the elementary, younger elementary years, and that's probably where she will remain. So she will be with us as long as we're able to take care of her. Mm. And so this will be a part of our lives forever, which we think is a great blessing. Some people wonder why I talk about the blessing of disability. And I think it's because it has done so much for us personally in our walk with the Lord. It's done so much for our family and drawing us together. It has certainly expanded our heart for families affected by disability. As a pastor, I think it's given me a lot more compassion for people who are suffering. And as a counselor, I think I'm a lot more patient with Mm. people and I try to understand the situation that they are in before I just start spouting off, you know, biblical principles that Mm -hmm. they ought to know or they ought to be applying. But I think for myself as a husband, as a father, you know, what it did for me in the beginning is it just, 
it drove me into the scriptures mm-hmm. to to search for anchors of truth that would be for me things I could run back to, mm-hmm. to cling to in times of doubt and times of wondering how in the world I could be adequate for what God was calling me to be and do. And that resulted in really developing a theology of suffering mm-hmm. that that works in, in everyday life because mm-hmm. it's biblical mm-hmm. and a theology of suffering that's strong enough to stand up to the challenges of disability. And then I think really too, as a pastor, it it has developed within me a firm conviction that people with disabilities don't need a separate disability ministry in the church. What they need most of all is to be fully integrated into the family life of the local church. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the challenge that I would like to, you know, through this book, give to every church leader. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because families with disability live with a lot of isolation, mm-hmm. a lot of uh, loneliness. Mm-hmm. And for them to be welcomed fully into the life of the church mm-hmm. is all of that together is really the, the passion behind this book. Well, that's great. I, and as I remember the, the church where I served in a small town in Florida is, is we became known as the church that would care for those who had special needs children. And it was really interesting because I don't feel like we did anything that special, to be honest. I, I think we were just willing to be people who took care of the parents, who were willing to take care of the children, who were willing to, you know, endure anything that might be awkward, but just to, to minister. So it was nothing special, no no particular program that was instituted or anything like that. But I think it's interesting because you're helping us to see that the, the practical ministry of the Word first has to be rooted in theology. And you mentioned a theology of suffering, which is absolutely necessary and critical. It even begins, I think, with a, a proper theology of personhood, who a person is and the beauty of the value of a person being made in the image of God. And, and from there, it fleshes out to understand what God has given and entrusted us with as a steward to now build that that beautiful theology of suffering, which I've heard you talk about and which you expressed even in this in this particular book. And so I love the way that you weave in and out, never leaving the the foundation of theology, but always helping people to see how it's intended to be fleshed out. And I think that's a good encouragement for churches as well, to to not be afraid of situations that that might be awkward or or whatever as it pertains to families with disabilities. They're normal people normal people made in the image of God and who want to be integrated into the life of the body. And what a beautiful way to minister. Now, the title seems to sort of imply, uh, when you talk about disability, that it's written for a person who who has a disability or maybe to a family that's been affected in some way by disability. But I'm, I'm curious to know, like, do you have some other people in mind that expands the audience a bit? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's for every believer who wants to think biblically about suffering and specifically biblically about how does the suffering of disability fit within the framework of God's good work and how does it fit within the framework of the gospel. Mm-hmm. So our, definitely our hope is that the families affected by disability will read this book, mm-hmm. but really wrote it also with counselors in mind. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm 
I'm a pastor who counsels his people. That's how I like to describe myself. Mm-hmm. I'm not a counselor first. I'm a pastor first, and, but I'm a pastor who believes in the personal ministry of the word. And so I want to always be trying to help people to apply the scriptures to their lives. And so I wanted to put something into the hands of counselors who are coming alongside families affected by disability in, in order to give them a tool, a resource, in order to walk through how to think biblically about disability. Uh, I wrote it with pastors and elders and deacons in mind. Mm -hmm. I would love for church leadership teams to go through this book together to think biblically about disability. Because like you said before, families affected by disability don't need another program. Mm. You know, their schedules are overloaded with doctor's appointments and and therapy appointments and uh, all kinds of things that are going on. The, but the American church has has an infatuation with programs. Mm-hmm. And so we think, well, we've got to minister to people with disabilities, so we got to go out there and find a program. And, and that's actually not what we need to do. We just need to look at disability through the eyes of the Lord, through the eyes of Scripture, and then start living out what does it mean to be the family of God. Mm. So I really also... Uh, I'm hoping that anyone in a church who has a heart for disability mm. will read this book. You know, uh, what I what I kind of imagine and, and dream is that, let's say, a church that doesn't really think about ministering to people with disabilities at this point, but there maybe there's two or three people in that church who start to have a burden, mm-hmm. that they would then form a small group and they would go through this book together so that they would start thinking about disability ministry, quote unquote, theologically mm. first, not programmatically. Mm-hmm. Because the, the tendency is, again, think of it programmatically. How are we going to do this? Mm-hmm. What is this going to look like on a Sunday morning? And that's actually not the place we should begin. Mm-hmm. We should begin with what is God's heart? Mm-hmm toward anyone mm-hmm. who is suffering. Yeah. And then how can we be a loving family of God toward those people? Yeah, that's right. And I, I think that's a, a missing element, Paul, that, that you mentioned earlier with one of the one of the common themes of families with disabilities is, is isolation and loneliness. And if we build you know, our churches that, that have programs, I think there's a right desire to minister, but sometimes in the wrong way. And, and that contributes to that isolation that you're talking about. Whereas if you have people who have the heart of God relative to disability, we want to see them involved in the life of the body, which is radically different than most families of disabilities are getting elsewhere in anything that they do. So you wrote this book, interestingly enough, with contributions from Johnny Erickson Tata. And many people know Johnny. It's so funny. A couple of years ago, when I was getting to know Johnny a little bit better, she was so excited to be working on this book with, with you, Paul. And I don't think there's a better person to, to speak into this world, not just experientially, but, but based on her love of Christ, her love of God's Word, and what she's seen as uh, sustaining grace for many, many years. And so talk about, I mean, it, for those of you who don't know who Johnny Erickson Tata is, she's spent the last 53 years in a wheelchair as a quadriplegic, and her testimony and ministry, anytime that you're personally around her, is just completely uplifting. Whether she's having a good day or a bad day, in her mind, it's a good day in the Lord. And I love moments when she'll just break out into to song because she's thought of a 
some idea that we're talking about, and it makes her think of a song of, of worship and praise to the Lord. And she's just an encouraging person to be around. But I want you to talk about how how that came about with you and her working on some book together where she made some contributions to what she thought was a really important volume. Well, uh, that was definitely another one of those unexpected <laughs> workings of the hand of the Lord's mm-hmm. providence. I met Johnny about four years ago at a biblical counseling summit where the topic that we spent two days talking about was the integration of biblical soul care, biblical counseling into the lives of people affected by disability. And I thought Johnny was the perfect person. And she and about five others from Johnny and friends were present there. I thought Johnny was the perfect person to embody that, Mm -hmm. that desire because she, though she would never call herself a biblical counselor, I think Johnny's one of the best biblical counselors I've ever met. Mm-hmm. And so even though I didn't meet her personally until four years ago, we had had a little correspondence over a number of years, mainly because some of her writings really helped me mm-hmm. as a dad, mm-hmm. you know, going through trying to be the best dad I could be to children living with disabilities and just thinking biblically about these matters. And so it was just such a privilege to finally meet her in person. And uh, when then I shared the vision of this project with her, she was so excited. Mm-hmm. And she just she just jumped on board and mm-hmm. she said, well, any way I can help, you know, just let me know. And mm-hmm. so as it worked out, it seemed the best way for her to contribute to this project was to personalize every chapter. Mm-hmm. So every chapter closes with a brief reflection called from Johnny's heart. Mm -hmm. And what she does there is she shows how the the theology that's taught in that chapter Mm -hmm. is lived out in disability Mm -hmm. and and how God is glorified through that. And so it it just really warms up the book Mm -hmm. in in a really special way. I think it's phenomenal because not only does it show that theology is practical, but it also uh, demonstrates that theology is substantial, that it matters in life, and that in a testimonial version, she's experienced the the sustaining grace of the Lord for that that period of time. Now, I notice in in the back of the the chapters, you have a study guide with study questions and, and that sort of thing. And typically, as an author, when you when you set up questions in a study guide like that, you you have an idea in mind of people that you hope would use it. Maybe this is counselors. Is this a good a good fit for counselors to work through? You mentioned earlier church leadership, whether that be deacons or elders in the church to think about disability. You give me the best use of that study guide and some of the people you had in mind to work through it and how it can be helpful to the various people in their ministries. Sure. Well, let me first of all say writing a good study and discussion guide is really hard work. <laughs> it's almost as much work as writing the book itself because <laughs> you try and put yourself into the shoes of someone who's reading this book for the first time. Mm-hmm. And now how could this material best be discussed? How could it best be used in a variety of settings? So it's definitely suitable for an individual reader to work through those those questions mm-hmm. on their own, but certain parts of it are also directed to small group mm-hmm. leaders. Mm-hmm. It serves as a homework guide for counselors. Mm-hmm. Biblical counselors can use this resource to help them teach and apply portions of scripture because each chapter is built upon a key passage of scripture 
that speaks into forming a biblical theology of disability. Mm. It, a, a key passage of scripture that answers some of the most common questions that people afflicted with disability mm. ask. And, and so it, it helps counselors to be able to open those passages of scripture and walk through them and then help the person to uh, apply them to life. But again, as I already said earlier, another reason that I created the, the study and discussion guide is because I do have this dream, this vision that this book could be given to a local church family that is thinking about disability. And, and where do I start? Where do I begin? You know, God is, be, God is putting this burden on our hearts but now what do we do with it? Where do we start? Mm -hmm. and, and that's where I hope they start is they start thinking about disability from God's perspective. Mm -hmm. And, and I, as they do that, the Lord will guide them in the practicalities of the hows mm -hmm. because each, each local church is, it's, is unique. It's a unique family of God. And mm -hmm. so that's why, you know, programmatic disability ministry really isn't the answer. Mm -hmm. The answer is how do we love people well mm -hmm. as the family of God. Well, Paul, this has been a helpful discussion, and, and I commend this book to elders, to deacons, to those in church leadership, even to our counselors, as, as you seek to, with the compassionate heart of Christ, minister to those who are in, in the deep throes of suffering, not, not just for one event, but through their life, they're, they're enduring an immense amount of suffering. And God has given the church, the family of God, to be on the front lines of ministry to needs just like this. And Paul, one of the things that I appreciate is the way in which you fulfill what Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 is taking the comfort with which you've been given by God and then now taking that, that theology, that relationship with the Lord in who he's revealed himself to be in his word and comforting others with the same. And you do that throughout the book. Johnny adds this testimonial aspect. And then you're even furthering that through discussion guide that I think will be very helpful to those who wish to, to minister in this way. And so thank you, brother, for this contribution. I know it'll be helpful to, uh, to those who read it. You're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of ACBC. I've so enjoyed this conversation with Paul Touches and particularly about his new book, When Disability Hits Home. Part of the reason I'm excited about this is, is I think this is one sliver of a topic that we need to be talking about in the church. If you were at our conference just this past week, you heard us announce our topic for the conference in 2022. Our topic is In His Image, Recovering Human Dignity. I think this is an important issue for us to be tackling today as the church, to remind ourselves who we are as people made in the image of God, no matter whether a person has a disability, thinking rightly about ethnicity and race, thinking rightly about our identity, who we are as people, what gives us value is intrinsic based on our Creator, that He made us in His image. And we need, certainly in our culture, we need to have a strong voice speaking into these issues. And, and we know these things to be true in the counseling room because as culture tries to devalue and dehumanize people and dehumanize the problems that we have, 
we see that destruction appear in brokenness in the counseling room. So we need to think well on this. We, we need to think well about understanding human dignity, where it's going. So I hope you'll join us for our annual conference in 2022 at Bellevue Baptist Church in Memphis, Tennessee, in his image, Recovering Human Dignity, October 3rd through the 5th. You can find out more information about that event and how to register at biblicalcounseling.com. Thank you.